Yo, today's QOD is when it comes to finances, many of us have to admit that we are lazy and inactive. Here we go. Welcome back to the Quarter of the Day Show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton at SeanCroxton.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to our Finance Friday episode where we talk about all things money mindset. We've got Eric Thomas on the show today. And today, Eric is going to encourage us to take our finances seriously. To stop just letting somebody else invest our money and we just don't really know what's going on. A lot of us don't even have our money invested We spend too much of our money. And I'm not talking about everybody else. I'm also talking about myself. Because even though I have taught a money mindset course for, what, five or six years now, I have not taken the time prior to this past year to educating myself on actual finance, on what to do with your money and where to put it. I'm just really good at making money. Like That's never been a problem with me. It's been about what to do with it. And so as I've learned more about finance, I've been able to ask better questions and be able to take more responsibility for my money as opposed to passing it off to others. And so they can do it. And and many times your best interests are not in mind when you're allowing somebody else to invest your money. So you got to know what's going on. Like, for example, (sighs) Recently, I was looking at my investment accounts and I do it through a financial planner and I'm going, whoa, 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 because because you got to learn the jargon here. Like if you don't know the jargon, you're going to be lost, right? It's like talking to a mechanic about your car and they're using all these words and you just kind of nodding your head like, yeah, even though you don't understand it. Like when it comes to your money, you got to sit down and learn the language, right? And so I'm looking at my accounts and I'm going, hold up, hold up. There's this other index fund that I've heard so many good things about. I actually have money in separate from my advisor. And I'm looking at expense ratios. And I'm going, this one has an expense ratio of 0.04. The other one has an expense ratio of 1.4. Like, what's up with that? Then I'm going, hey, this other one doesn't have any fees. Oh, this other one has a 12B1 fee. What is that? You need to know what a 12B1 fee is. You need to know what a deferred load fee is, right? You need to know what commission, like asset management commission, that your financial advisor, if you have one, is taking as their commission every year. You have to know how much these little percentages are sucking away money from your retirement. Because over time, this can lead to hundreds of thousands of dollars being drained out of your retirement because you didn't know the language, because you didn't want to sit down and just read a basic book on finance. So I'm about about to take a lot of time with this one. So many of us will say, oh, you know, I never learned this when I was a kid in school. My parents never, never taught me this. There is an entire section of the library, 
of your bookstore that is dedicated to this very topic. As an adult, nothing has been stopping you from going into the bookstore, picking up a book, and reading it so you can take responsibility for your finances. So I just wish I could just stop hearing all this stuff about I was never taught it as a kid. Like, no, you're an adult now. You can do this. And so you have to learn the language. You have to learn what's going on. You have to learn about your asset allocation, how much money should be in stocks, how much money should be in bonds, right? You got to learn about the different index funds. You got to learn about how actively traded mutual funds compare to index funds when it comes to annualized returns. You have to know these things. And really, it doesn't take a whole lot. It's just a matter of like, you stop scrolling and you turn off the TV and you get quiet and you just go read a book and you learn. And I'll give you some recommendations. Tony Robbins' book, Unshakable, is a really good basic book on finance. There's also some mindset in there. So it's, you know, you learn some more mindset stuff that you learn on this show. Also, if you want to go to the next level with Tony Robbins, his book, Money Master the Game, is 600 pages. It's a behemoth. But if you slowly go through that book, you will know more about personal finance than 98% of the population from just one book. A book I just read last week is uh, John C. Bogle's book, The Little Book of Common Sense Investing. John C. Bogle is the founder of Vanguard, who started the first index fund, the Vanguard 500. And so learn about that. that j- just read any of those three books and you'll you'll be able to hold your own in a conversation about finance so you can ask better questions and be in a better position when it is your time to retire. Because there are too many of us who aren't going to have enough money when we want to retire. And that is nobody else's fault, really, but our own. Because we were lazy and we weren't taking it seriously and we weren't active, we were passive, allowing somebody else to do what we should have been doing. Eric Thomas is coming up. All right, let's go to the next one. I want to show you all something here. I wrote all this stuff down because I wanted to make sure you got it. When it comes to finances, many of us have to admit we are lazy and inactive. All right, come on. Let's just be honest with me. Let's just be real. How many of y'all like to eat? Let me see your hands. How many of y'all like to eat? And how many of y'all eat every day? Good. How many of y'all eat multiple times a day? Praise God. How many of y'all do dessert? <laughs> Listen to what I'm trying to tell you. We eat every day, multiple times a day. We eat dessert. How many of us eat dessert regularly? How many of us look at our money or do something for money every single day? Now, you're eating every day. So how many of us doing something for our economic well-being three times a day? How many is doing dessert as it relates to our economics? Come on. We eating every day, but we're not doing money every day. And I'm even talking about those of us who are in relationships where we've been blessed to have a spot. Like my wife worked, Didi worked, but I had to get to a point where I was like, look, we're going to do one or two things. She worked first. She got the first real career, real job. We either need to help her with her money or I need to go make some money. But I can't sit here because she's doing well and just living off of her stuff. Either I got to be doing some stuff at the crib, to, you know what I'm saying? I'm at home making sure the home life, like she shouldn't have to work and worry about the kids. If she's doing money, she just be able to do money and I'm doing the other stuff, but I can't have a person that's making money stress out. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So even though I might not be making it, I got to do what I got to do to protect the person that's making it so we can keep making it. 
Does that make sense? And so now I'm saying, God, I want to make money every day. Can I make money every day? He said, okay, yeah, you can write a book. You can sell a shirt, like whatever. You can have yeah, some stuff you can do to make money every day. And so I'm looking every day to see if I'm making money every day. And then I'm seeing if I'm stewarding the money right. And one of the things I'm seeing is you making it, but you're not stewarding it to the extent that you should be stewarding. Does that make sense? So let's go back. How many of us can be honest and say, yup, I don't care if it's 10%, 20%. How many of us can be honest and say, I am being a little lazy or I'm being inactive when it comes to our, our family's economics? Good. Where your energy goes, where your focus goes, your energy flows. So if we're not putting no energy on our money, ain't no money, it ain't happening. Right? And then some of us are excited because we got one way, but God has a thousand and one ways to bless us that we know not of. I'm looking at Warren Buffett, one of the richest men in the world. He got property in my neighborhood, and I don't got property. Oh, I do have property in my neighborhood. I'm sorry, I do. But he got a whole bunch of it in there. He got a whole, when you walk up front, all those condos right there, all those say, birth, uh, what is it, uh, Berkshire Hathaway, all of them right there. It's his property. He in Lansing. The richest man in the world got property in Lansing. And many of us don't have property in Lansing. Lazy. Here's a man that don't live here. He ain't nowhere close to here. And he realized Grand Ledge is booming. He probably ain't never been to Grand Ledge. He know money is in Grand Ledge. You live right around the corner from Grand Ledge. You live in Lansing. Wherever you live, you don't have property. You mean to tell me the richest man in the world is doing real estate and we not? How is the richest man in the world knows that he need to keep adding to his money and those of us don't have money ain't adding to our money? The richest man in the world is taking his money serious. Those of us that don't have a whole bunch, we're not even taking the little we have serious. It's a matter of focus. It's a matter of intentionality. 2,300 times he speaks about wealth or possess. He talk about it all day. 15% of his parables is money, and yet 15% of ours isn't. If we Christians, we Christians. What would Jesus do? Have property? <laughs> what would Jesus do? Talk about money? Oh, he told him, go to the fish and take it out. Why? Rent unto Caesar what is Caesar's and rent unto God what is God's. That ain't God. That's Caesar. Those are taxes. Go get this money so we can pay these taxes. Even Jesus was paying taxes when he was on earth. You running from him or cheating on him. But you say you're a Christian. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus didn't cheat on his taxes. He found a way to go a fish, go get it out of his mouth. I don't know how he knew it was there, but he had, a, he had multiple streams of income, even Jesus. Go take that out of there, go give him that. We don't want no problems with Caesar. I'm going to ask you one more time. How many of you, like, just you lazy with your money? You're just being lazy. You're not taking care of it in the way you're supposed to take care of it. Even, I'm saying, there's a group of us that's lazy and we're not getting money. There's a group of us that have money and we just... I'm going to be honest. My financial advisor know more about my money than I know about my money. He hit me the other day. I couldn't even open up an account. I'm like, I didn't even have a password to it. I be waiting for my man to tell me we went up, we went down. I don't know what we, God is saying, why are you even investing if you don't even know if it's working or not? You know real estate is, is working for you. The real estate, bro, just being honest, y'all, praise God. We bought this thing 2017. 
2017, we brought this property. It didn't look nothing like this, but we brought the property. We was worshiping over there. We paid $600,000 for it. Watch this very carefully. God spoke to me about finances. He said, whatever you do, don't go to the bank to get the $600,000. Go to somebody you know. I went to my boy. I told my boy, look, I need a loan. His father's Jewish. I said, do me a favor. I need a $600,000 loan. He said, I got you. He said, we won't really hit you on no interest to after the year. We'll keep it super low, like 5%, whatever. We'll keep it low. I said, all right, bet. A year later, I gave my man all his money back. He couldn't believe it. Why? Because he was banking on the, not in a bad way. It's my boy. He gave me $600,000 out of his father's pocket. What a, what a blessing to have $600,000 in your pocket. At that time, I wasn't where I am now. I wasn't thinking the way I was thinking. But I went and bought the $600,000. I want to make sure we had no debt. We didn't owe nobody. We didn't go to no bank that's going to charge us crazy percent balloon interest. 600000 We did the appraisal on it the other day. I got the appraisal. What was the appraisal, Jamie? $2.8 mil in Grand Ledge. God wants us to be about money. We, we $2.8 mil with, with equity. We could sell it right now for $2.8 million, go somewhere, or we could put something on the land that's going to bring us more money. We could put a sports complex with an event, whatever, put right there on the land and make money with our money. This is what God wants for us. But there's no way I would have known that if I wasn't with people who were talking about real estate and the importance of it. And they told me, whatever you do, don't go buy land that's just got concrete and stuff all around. Go buy something that's small but got land where you can expand and land, you can get money off of land. I'm just being real. This is, all of us in the room could do it. I'm definitely not that deep. That was Eric Thomas wrapping up the week. His website is etinspires.com. You can watch today's entire talk on the YouTube. It is called Today is the Brokest I'll Ever Be, Eric Thomas. Hey, make sure you go out and grab one of those books. That's Tony Robbins, Money Master the Game, or his book, Unshakable, or John C. Bogle's book, uh, The Little Guide, or The Little Book of Common Sense investing. All right, my friend, have a fantastic weekend. Follow me on that Instagram for daily reels and threads. I'll see you on Monday. We out. Peace.